be cheerful with that. So I didn't turn this on to light a cigar and have 30 seconds of silence on my podcast. I was watching uh, some a wrestling thing on YouTube, and uh, they were talking about uh, Jim Ross's new book, um, Under the Hat. Yeah, Under the Hat. And... Uh, Well, the first thing they brought up, the first name they brought up on the video and talked about in the book was uh, Chris Jericho. And I want to put Chris Jericho in the conversation with greatest wrestlers of all time if not the greatest wrestler of all time and this is the re- I'm going to give you the reasons why this is the reasoning behind that okay so Paul Coven Stone Cold Steve Austin The Rock were all guys who were at the top of the business as far as merchandising, fandom, and so on and so forth. And that's the side of being a great wrestler. Ric Flair, 30, 40 years in the business. Great wrestler, no doubt. Great seller, great worker. Um, his matches with Ricky Steamboat were like poetry in motion. And I mentioned this to a friend of mine. And he said, well, you know, Chris, Ger- Chris Jericho may be the best character wrestler of all time, but you, you, know, you can't overlook Luthez. Okay, yeah, Luthez has been, it is one of the best all times. Um, he you know, traveled the territories with the uh, world championship. He was a legit shooter, so nobody could take the belt off of him unless he wanted them to. And he held the belt for many years. Um, also, in that conversation, of course, you have the great Bruno San Martino. Now, he was not um, a shooter like Luthez. Um, merchandising was not a thing in his day. So there weren't you know, the, the statistics that Hulk Hogan has for you know, T-shirts sold and you know, the, the, uh, the merchandising Stone Cold had in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Ditto for the Rock. Uh, Chris Jericho, you know, he he moved merchandise. 
But let's let's look at some things here. Hulk Hogan started out. He uh, asked superstar Billy Graham, how do I get into wrestling? Um, Hulk always hung out at the bar, played guitar at the bar where the wrestlers hung out, um, and would try to mingle with the wrestlers and try to get in. So he had you know, his adventures through wrestling, different nicknames. Um, he was quite hot in the AWA. This is a recurring theme I want you to keep in your mind. The, the AWA at the time was still a top wrestling company when Hogan came in and got white hot. He had a good run as a heel in the WWWF uh, before going to the AWA and then back to the WWF after Mitch Jr. took over. WWF was an established company, with, and Vince McMahon Jr. came and wanted to change the wrestling world and wanted to change it around Hulk Hogan. That's that's good. That's an interesting thought. But the WWF and the AWA were established companies. Okay, when Luthez was wrestling. He was wrestling for established promoters. When Stone Cold and The Rock came into the wrestling business, you know, they came, well, Stone Cold had a little harder time than The Rock did. He did the territorials and stuff like that. Um, the Rock, you know, he came up through WWF developmental system, which is no easy thing. Uh, he was a second generation wrestler. Uh, I guess you could say, if you count his grandfather, he was a third generation wrestler, High Chief Peter Maivia, and his dad was Rocky Johnson, and then of course The Rock. But um, the, the Rock, you know, came up through WWF. Okay. Luthez, I don't know how he got into wrestling because he's been probably dead before I was born. But these are all the names that they put on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Um, Ric Flair, you know, he did his thing. Uh, he started in Minneapolis with Fern Gagne. And when the AWA was really hot, I mean, and it was a territorial system, so the AWA had Minnesota to itself, and in that wrestling camp, you had um, Ricky Steamboat also, and that wrestling camp was no joke. I mean, they trained in a barn in Minnesota with no heat. They had to put do a fireman's carry, which is where you put somebody across your shoulders and they had to run up several flights of steps and then back down and switch places. Uh, and then the, you know, they did that. And Ricky Steamboat said you know, he came into camp in pretty good shape. When he left, he was 40 pounds lighter. And 
Ricky Steamboat was a chiseled diesel guy back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but people talk constantly about this Mount Rushmore of wrestling. It's always Hogan, Flair, uh, Rock, Stone Cold, some, you know, ultra nerd wrestling fans will put, you know, Luthez and Gorgeous George in there. Um, and I don't know if I would put Chris Jericho right now, just, just yet on the Mount Rushmore. But maybe he should be. Well, let me tell you about Chris Jericho. He started out as a wrestling fan in Canada. He was kind of an undersized guy. It's not, you know, the big muscled out steroid heads of the 80s and 90s. Um, but he was inspired like a lot of smaller wrestlers by the Dynamite Kid, if I'm not mistaken. That does not make him one of the best wrestlers of all time. But he got into a wrestling camp uh, with the Hart family, now I remember. And it was... I would call it a BS wrestling camp because the one member of the Hart family, he said, was there for like one day and, you know, tried to break his teeth and then left and they never saw him again. It was all other, other people. So he, but he learned to wrestle in Calgary. So then he realizes he has to hone his skills in many different ways. So he travels to Mexico where it's high flying luchador, lucha libre, they call it, um, masks and over the top costumes are all the rage. And he learns the lucha libre style, he learns the, the fly, the flying around the ring, the fast pace wrestling. And then he realizes, okay, I've got that down, but Japan is more a mat wrestling sport side of things. I wouldn't say it's all mat wrestling, but it, in Japan, they respect wrestling as a sport. They still look at the sports side of it, at least when Jericho went there to learn wrestling. So he goes to Japan to learn the Japanese style. Okay. Now, none of these other wrestlers we've talked about have done this. Okay. Nobody put that much into honing their craft. Then... There's Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They are known for their interviews. And Chris is wise enough to know in wrestling, you have to be able to do an interview or a promo in order to be a big star. So he does that. He goes to Smoky Mountain and learns the... the... Uh, talking side of wrestling, how to talk, how to do a promo, how to you know, sell a match for a match, 
So now he's got two different in-ring styles that he can wrestle. You know, he's learned, well, really three, you know, but they taught him in Calgary, then the Lucha style, the Japanese strong style, and now he's learning the talk style, which is the WWF, the WCW kind of trademarks, you know. Their, their wrestlers have to be able to talk on TV. So he learns that. He gets that under his belt. Um, he goes and spends a little time in extreme championship wrestling. Where his matches were extreme. But not violent and bloody. They... He, he did a lot of the flying moves in and out of the ring, off the ropes, outside the ring, into the crowd, learned you know, yet another style and made a name for himself. Then he gets the call up to WCW. And he was called, you know, like the vanilla, one of the vanilla midgets. He was too small to be a world champion, Eric Bischoff told him. And that was when, you know, it was called the World Heavyweight Title. And, you know, it was thought you had to be 6'6 and 300 pounds and not able to move in the ring. But when you watched WCW Monday Nitro for about six months or a year, you watched for Hulk Hogan and the NWO. When that started to fall apart, and it, the NWO angle had run its course, and there was like 57 members of the NWO. Uh, then you saw people like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Dean Malenko, uh, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit. You watched WCW Monday Nitro to see Chris or Chris Jericho's moves, the lion salt, the lion tamer, uh, his his character. You watch to hear him talk. In the fledgling dying days of WCW, Chris Jericho was one of the people you tuned in to see what he was going to do. So then he realizes, okay, I've hit the glass ceiling in WCW. And Jim Ross gets him into WWF. Okay. And Chris bids his farewell to WCW in a fax. And he's off to the World Wrestling Federation. That this was at the time when we thought the world was going to end in the year 2000 and that all the computers were going to break. And they did the countdown, one of the biggest buildups to a wrestler coming into a company. <clears throat> you had... This big buildup. And finally, I can't remember what 
the exact date was, but during the middle of The Rock cutting a promo in the ring, the, the countdown clock starts, and finally you see what the buildup has been. And, you know, internet and stuff was just starting to take off then, so you didn't know if you were a casual wrestling fan who this was going to be. And it comes out Y2J. Uh, year, I guess it was a play on Y, it was a play on Y2K, the uh, supposed crash of all the computers at midnight. So out comes Chris Jericho interrupting The Rock. And they have one of the best promos of all time. With the exception of maybe, well, a close second is Jay Lethal and Ric Flair, where Jay Lethal is doing his impression of Ric Flair. But Y2J and The Rock are considered you know, the best promo of all time. Okay? So Chris Jericho changes characters, goes from heel to face to heel to face. And many times in his almost 20, 20 plus years with WWE. <clears throat> he was the first unified world champion after WC, WWE bought WCW. And so, <clears throat> you know, that was a big deal after he was told he wasn't big enough to be a world champion. And that opened the door to Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit getting their championship shots because they were also called too small to be a world champion. Even though they were two of the best wrestlers out there. So you've got a guy who went around the world to hone his craft, which no, none of the other supposed Mount Rushmore wrestling guys did. If Hulk Hogan went to Japan, it's because he was a top guy and Japan wanted him. So they worked out a deal with the promoter that he was working for and he went to Japan. It wasn't to learn a skill. Even though his Japanese matches are better than his American matches. Um, but that's because Japanese, it's just a different kind of wrestling. So at 40-ish years old or more, Chris Jericho and the new best wrestler on earth, Kenny Omega, decide they're going to have a big battle at <clears throat> New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest show of the year. And... I remember watching the match and it seemed like it went for five minutes because it was just a non-stop two guys pushing each other and themselves to the limits. And it was the match of the year, but considered the match of the year by most wrestling experts. If there is such a thing as a wrestling expert. Now, you go to 
few months into the future. These guys, uh, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, call themselves the Elite, and they start putting on wrestling matches. They put on the only somebody said that no one except for the WWE can put on a pay-per-view and draw more than 10,000 people. So, Cody Rhodes tweets back at Dave Meltzer and says, hold my power, what is it? Hold my Red Bull or something like that. And they go out and they have a pay-per-view. And then that turns into them getting hooked up with the elite getting hooked up with Tony Khan and starting all elite pro wrestling. This is why I think Chris Jericho is the best wrestler of all time. Cody, Kenny, Hangman, any of them could have said, Hey, we're the promoters. We're the executive vice presidents. We're going to put the title belt on one of ourselves. They don't do that. A company that has started from scratch, okay, chose Chris Jericho to be their top guy and carry the company for the first few months. I don't know how long... AEW's been on TV. It's got to have been six months by now. And they chose Chris Jericho to be their champion. Now, that is an accolade that Hulk Hogan does not have, that Stone Cold does not have, Ric Flair does not have. All the people that are generally named as the greatest wrestlers of all time, Shawn Michaels, Triple, Triple H isn't in the conversation. Um, but the guys that are deemed the greatest, the Luthezes, the Gorgeous Georges, they all came up in established territories or established companies. And they were never chosen, to my knowledge, to <coughs> be the first world champion of an upstart company, with a company with huge upside, a company where you thought for sure that world title belt was going to go around the waist of one of the, the owners or the promoters or whatever you want to call the elite. Okay. You thought it would go on Kenny Omega maybe or Cody Rhodes. And they were white hot. Kenny Omega is considered when he was wrestling in all Japan or New Japan or Japan something was considered the best wrestler in the world. And he was putting on great matches, you know, 40, 50 minute matches. <clears throat> and, you know, so he got heat 
on the internet because he exposed the business in some way. What is there to expose anymore? But nonetheless, you thought all elite wrestling would put that belt on him. No, they put it on Chris Jericho because he had been around the world, learned his craft in many different places. He had good name and star power to draw fans and get fans to tune in to their show. Now, right now, they're in uh, ratings war with what's considered WWE's top brand. NXT is the hottest thing in world wrestling entertainment right now. And they're beating the pants off of them. You know, they had almost a million viewers. And AEW is not a recognized name in the wrestling industry. But Chris Jericho is. Yeah, if you're a really hardcore wrestling fan, you know about Cody Rhodes. You know about the Young Bucks. You know about Kenny Omega. But if you're a casual wrestling fan, that means you don't know what's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. When Kenny Omega was the best wrestler in the world and on the cover of the last wrestling magazine left out there, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I think, as Wrestler of the Year, you know Chris Jericho as a casual fan. You go, oh, Chris Jericho. That's the guy that came out and cut that promo with The Rock and Y2J. Oh, that's the guy with The List. Remember The List? Oh, man, you remember Chris Jericho when he came out and he used to do that springboard line, salt off the middle rope? So no one else on that supposed Mount Rushmore of wrestling, not Thez, not Flair, not Hogan, who am I leaving out? I don't know. Rock, Austin, none of them have been chosen by a company to be their first ever world champion and said, we're going to build our company on this guy's shoulders. And he, he can take us to the next level and get us respect in mainstream wrestling right now. So that's why Chris Jericho is better than all of the other guys that are mentioned as the best wrestler of all time. Ric Flair never did that. You know, Hulk never did that. You know, in fact, they did quite the opposite. When uh, TNA Impact Wrestling was flailing away and not doing great, they brought in Flair to boost ratings. Flair was so far past his prime, he shouldn't have been out there. And he did nothing to save the company. They brought in Hogan and Bischoff and teased Hulk Hogan, you know, comeback matches. And it went nowhere. It ended up being WCW 1999. Okay. But when the elite brought Chris Jericho into all elite wrestling, they bumped up a huge notch in credibility and respect in the wrestling business. 
none of the other supposedly greatest wrestlers of all time, Shawn Michaels, couldn't do it. Never had the chance to do it, but didn't do it. Hulk didn't do it. Did quite the opposite, like I said, for TNA Impact. Um, they went down further when Hogan and Bischoff came in. They went down further when Flair came in. Um, you know, so and this was a company that started was starting out from ground zero. Not no established superstars yet. No brand name even. And they put Chris Jericho in there and made him their world champion. And he's carrying the company. You know, you're tuning in to see what Chris Jericho is going to do. You know, and you're tuning in to see what a lot of other people are going to do also. Um, but this is about Chris Jericho. And that's why I think he's the best of all time. Because he went and honed his craft around the world. He learned, you know, the Canadian, the Hart family style. He learned the Lucha Libre style. He learned Japanese strong style. He learned Smoky Mountain interview style so that he could be a top guy and know a, a lot of or a little of or whatever you want to call it of every style and then bring that together to make himself one of the best and now you have an upstart company that had zero zero nothing not a zip zilch they were starting from complete scratch and they put him at the top and say carry the company None of the other wrestlers had that. You know, if Hulk Hogan would have flopped on their, on his face, Vince McMahon would have just thrown Jimmy Superfly snuck it in there. He would have just thrown Rowdy Roddy Piper into Hulk Hogan's spot. You know, if when, well, there's nothing you could say that could save WCW. They just screwed the pooch. But, you know, to bring a company up and start as a world champion in a company is something that none of these other guys that are supposed to be the best of all time have ever done. So that's my argument that Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. Tell me what you think. You probably disagree with me, but tell me one other person that is on this so-called Mount Rushmore of wrestling that a company with huge upside and huge and a lot of young hungry talent in high positions within the company tell me one guy that a company started from scratch and said you're going to be our champion and was successful at it I mean Hulk Hogan tried to start his own company XWF Wrestling where he brought in old guys and it was going to be 1980s style wrestling it flopped <laughs> so you know I guess that makes him better than the Hulkster and I, I'm a huge Hulk Hogan fan so anyways in my opinion Chris Jericho 
is the greatest wrestler of all time. Tell me what you think. Or not. Thanks for listening to me talk wrestling for 30 minutes. Good night. God bless you. And pray for one another.